0: Croeso i Podled Y senedd. dyma cwestiynau i'r Diolch am Rangos.
1: Gau cychwyn drwy ddim un o'r newydd a i'r uh, holl aelodau, ac fe fyddwn ni'n cychwyn y flwyddyn yma gyda cwestiynau i'r Prif Wynidog ac mae'r cwestiwn cyntaf gan Gareth Bennett.
0: Uh, diolch Llywyd, what steps is the Welsh Government taking to support businesses in South Wales Central?
2: Uh, shall we, the actions of Business Wales, the development bank for Wales and the establishment of a dedicated regional office are amongst the steps taken by the Welsh Government to support businesses in South Wales Central.
0: Uh, yes, thank you for that update. Uh, well, one factor which has caused a lot of uncertainty for businesses in Wales is Brexit. Now, your party, your party has just contested a general election on a policy of opposing Brexit. <laughs> You may have noted, First Minister, that this strategy did not work out very well for you. In fact, let's be honest, Labour got hammered. You weren't just beaten, you were annihilated. But I see that, despite this, despite this, you are still talking about opposing Brexit here in the Assembly. Surely, for the sake of Welsh businesses, you now need to do your bit to end the uncertainty and support the UK Government's Brexit Bill.
2: Well, uh, so is... uh the United Kingdom will leave the European Union on the 31st of January uh, and businesses will then find that Brexit is far from over uh, because for months and years to come uh, we will continue to see the need to negotiate free trade agreements and other arrangements both with the European Union and with other parts uh, of the world. Uh, Anybody who believes that on the 1st of February but certainty will have replaced uncertainty I'm afraid are going to be in for a very sad awakening. David,
1: David Mulder.
0: First Minister I'm sure you'll join me in welcoming uh, yesterday's news that Lloyds Banking Group expects to support firms in uh, Wales this year by up to 1.1 billion in lending this is part of their pledge to uh, invest 18 billion in UK businesses in 2020, and they're looking at uh, new businesses, micro-businesses, seeking to upscale to small businesses and those considering then trading internationally for the first time. Um, when I speak to uh, my constituents and, and uh, business people, they do highlight the need to access uh, a reasonable commercial uh, sources of funding. And what are you doing to ensuring that, where appropriate, Welsh sem- a, a, a Government uh, sources and programmes uh, are also taking into account the opportunities that exist uh, for commercial uh, partnerships in these programmes?
2: Uh, well, thank you for that question. Uh, it is interesting, isn't it? And I, I, I would expect he's had the of the same experience. That when you talk to commercial lenders, they tell you there is no shortage of liquidity, and they set large sums of money aside for investment in businesses. And yet when you talk to businesses, they often complain about how difficult it is to obtain the investment that they need to carry out the plans uh, that they say would expand their business. So part of what uh, we do as a government is to talk to the big lenders to try and persuade them that they have to find different ways of having conversations with people who are looking to borrow money to persuade them that their services are genuinely available to them. Uh, where big commercial lenders are not prepared to enter the market, that's why we have the Development Bank uh, for Wales. Uh, £5.2 million spent in the last 12 months, Llewyd, helping 240 Welsh businesses with microloans, of the sort that commercial lenders are not prepared to provide. So the Welsh Government operates to try to be a broker between those who are looking for investment and those who can provide it on a commercial basis, because where it can be commercially provided, that's what it should uh, be done, and where a commercial loan is unlikely to be forthcoming, then we try and use the instruments that we have available to fill those gaps in the market.
3: Vicky Howells. Uh, First Minister, i recently met with the Federation of Small Businesses to discuss their report Are We There Yet?, Uh, which looks at how infrastructure spending in Wales can be best used to support the growth of SMEs. How is the Welsh Government prioritising this within its capital spend?
2: Well, thank you, Vicky Howells, for that. It's an absolutely integral part of our capital expenditure programmes that we try and make sure that as much business as possible ends up in the hands of local suppliers and indigenous uh, enterprises to give you just one example the 21st century schools and colleges uh, program has a track record of working with local suppliers and has developed discrete sets of targets for local supply chain engagement in that program the biggest programme of investment in schools and colleges for 50 years and a deliberate bias in favour of making sure that that Welsh public money ends up in Welsh businesses creating further Welsh jobs.
3: How does the Welsh Government intend to respond to the recent review of deaths of children and young people by suicide or suspected suicide?
2: Well thank uh Linigo for that question. Uh, so part of the Welsh government's response to the review was set out in our draft budget published on the 16th of December with additional investment in suicide prevention services, a doubling of our investment in the whole school approach to mental health and an extension of the pilot CAMs in reach services in schools.
3: First Minister, the loss of every one of the 33 young people included in that review is an immense tragedy which will have devastated families, schools, friends and whole communities. I believe that review is the closest thing we have to hearing the voices of young people who have died by suicide. The nearest thing we have to retrospective recommendations from those young people about what could have helped them and how we could prevent future deaths. First Minister, will you make a commitment that you will look at this review very carefully, and on behalf of your whole government, ensure that all the recommendations in it are driven forward with urgency and vigour?
2: Well, uh, thank the member for that. I've had an opportunity already to read uh, the review, to read her own forward uh, to it, and the forward by the Children's uh, Commissioner, and to look at its recommendations. And of course, Lynne Neagle is right, uh, that a death by suicide uh, leaves a ripple of effects that reaches out into lives of people who are left, not simply in immediate family, but in friends and other uh, organisations who will have known uh, that child or that young person. Uh, Amongst the recommendations uh, of the report, uh, I think a really important one is that the young people, the 33 young people whose cases are reviewed in the report, A third of them were known to mental health services and yet many more of them were known to other public services who may not have had uh, suicide and suicide prevention at the front of their minds when they were working with that young person. Whether that's in youth custody, uh, where we know that there has been a really alarming rise uh, in suicide in custodial. Uh, Settings, whether that's contact with the police, whether it's young people who are known to social services uh, in different ways. Uh, So, of course, the government uh, will be committed to absorbing the recommendations of the report right across the government, uh, because it is not a matter for the Health uh, Minister, although Public Health Wales was part of the production of the report. It is a report for the whole of the government looking to see that wherever vulnerable young people are in touch with public services, devolved and non-devolved, that the signs which may be there, uh, the causes that may be identifiable, that they're recognised and acted upon in line with the recommendations of the report.
4: Susie Davis. Thank you Well, of course, uh, this report is is part of a a bigger picture of reviews that have been taking place uh, over many years for those families and friends of the young people who killed themselves in Bridgend in 20. Uh, 2007 and 2008 and beyond, uh, obviously for them those events don't feel so very long ago, and of course the use of the internet implicated in in that suicide cluster which is now so embedded in the lives of our young children um, and young people generally, uh, for me it feels almost impossible to try and and protect against those evils when we have so little control over uh, its positive use. Uh, in 2015, the Oxford University Centre for Suicide Research recommended measures for those local services uh, to deal with suicide contagion, not a very nice phrase, but I think you know what I mean. Um, it was an England document, but I'm sure Public health Wales will have seen it as well. Can we attribute the drop in the occurrence of these suicide clusters, um, to local services acting on research of that nature? Uh, Because if we can, that gives us greater confidence in local services taking up the recommendations that we've just been talking about today and seeing that they do actually make a difference.
2: Well, uh, thanks, Susie Davis, for that. There were lessons derived directly in Wales, and partly by the authors of the report to which Lynne Eagle referred uh, as a result of the Bridgend cluster. Uh, And one of them was in responsible media reporting of such uh, events. And I think that we have been lucky here in Wales uh, that we have had uh, a local media who have been prepared to absorb the lessons uh, of that suicide cluster uh, and haven't subsequently reported events in a way that draws alarmist attention uh, to them, that ends up affecting vulnerable young people to take action that otherwise they may not have contemplated. Uh, and Susie Davis is surely right, uh, shall we, that you know, it is very difficult to build complete protection into any system dealing with human beings. But we know that there are factors that help and we know there are factors that hinder people who are vulnerable and who are contemplating uh, drastic action in their own lives. I think we have learnt some of the lessons uh, here in Wales. ..and the part of the reason that this report does not refer uh, to a cluster phenomenon... amongst the 33 young people whose cases it reviewed... ..is partly the result of some of those lessons being
5: absorbed. Sean 39% ydy'r cyfartaledd rhyngwladol, mae 63% o ddisgyblion weithiau neu o hyd yn teimlo yn bryderus. Mae hyn yn ganlyniadau sydd yn codi brawa rhywun, dwi'n siŵr bod chi'n cytuno hefo fi. Dy chi wedi ymrwymo i wneud llesiant a iechyd meddwl yn flaenoriaeth cenedlaethol, ond lle mae'r arwydd o symud i'r cyfeiriad hwnnw, symud arwydd o cael, i'r cyfeiriad hwnnw yn eich cyllideb drafft chi?
2: Mae lot o engrefftiau yn eich cyllideb drafft uh, llywydd sy'n dangos beth ni'n gwneud uh, i ymateb at beth oedd yn yr adroddiad uh, PISA a beth ni'n gwneud yn, yn ysgolion ni an enwedig i cryfhau y gwasanaethau sydd yna bob dydd i ymateb i'r plant sydd yn teimlo'n diflas yn ddim yn uh, teimlo fel mae dyfodol New and the or the new issue. Well, then, the Pam point I would like to draft. My uh, do you mean to this next? So, it, it, there's more money in the draft budget for suicide and self-harm services to strengthen further the services that we have in schools through school uh, counselling, and the school counselling uh, service. So it is a good example of how. Intervention of that sort can assist young people without them then needing to be referred on to further and more intensive services. Eighty-seven per cent of the eleven thousand three hundred and sixty-five young people who received a counselling services in our schools last year needed no further intervention. Three per cent of them only needed a referral onto a specialist mental health uh, service. And that's why the draft budget invests more money in that whole school uh, approach exactly for the reasons that Transwently <coughs> and Quite Rightly wants to.
1: Question uh, 9 on Arweinwyr, a pleidia. reply? Paul Davies.
6: First Minister, given the problems we've recently seen which appear to be growing and not getting better, will you agree with me that Transport for Wales is not delivering for the people of Wales?
2: Uh, well, I don't agree with uh, the member that the problems are getting uh, worse. Uh, thousands of more seats for commuters are available in Wales today since the 15th of December uh, when new capacity was introduced uh, into the service. Uh, Fares for passengers in Wales at the start of January fell by 1.1 percent where they rose by 2.8 percent across uh, our border. Uh, It has been a challenging first year for Transport for Wales but I believe the corner is turned already and that passengers will continue to see the difference over 2020.
6: Well, quite clearly, uh, we are not turning that corner. And let me give you some of its failings. Performance in terms of passenger time lost and cancellations were worse between July and November last year than the previous year. It has struggled to secure long-term rolling stock. It's failed to meet the Welsh language standards on several occasions. And we've seen chaos over the renewal process for bus passes. So it's clearly failing, uh, First Minister. Now talking talking about transport failures, let's look at another of your transport failure. Cardiff Airport appears to be going from bad to worse the airport has posted a loss of nearly £19 million for the last financial year this is nearly three times higher than the previous year and yet your government continues to extend the loan facilities and now now the value of the airport has dropped significantly to £15 million, barely a third of what it was valued at back in 2014 The the year your government took control of the airport now in contrast In contrast, Bristol Airport added more than 400,000 passengers last year, just under a third of Cardiff's total passengers for 2019, and actually it posted a profit of £35 million. First Minister, with the outgoing chairman saying that the airport is expecting to lose 150,000 passengers next year, how much more taxpayers' money are you willing
2: to throw at the airport before you say enough is enough? Well, uh, it's good to see that the start of another year, the Conservative Party in Wales continues to attack one of Wales' essential assets. Since the airport was taken into public ownership, its passenger numbers have increased by over 70%. Its turnover was up by £2.9 million last year over the year before. I know that any evidence of success comes as a disappointment to the Conservative uh, Party, but those are the facts of the matter. Passenger numbers up by over 70%, a revenue growth of over 34%. Now, let us hope that we now have a Secretary of State for Wales who will speak up for Cardiff Airport, just as Bristol MPs have spoken up for its airport. Now we have a Deputy Minister in the Wales Office who believes that AD. APD being devolved to Wales is the right answer. Let's hope that he can persuade his government to do the same. Then we will see the sort of airport that we want to see on this side whereas his party has only, absolutely only ever sought to run down the airport to deny its importance to the economy of Wales and never has a single constructive suggestion to make about it.
6: First Minister, clearly you are not listening. But it's it's not surprising that you're not listening to the people of Wales. You're not listening over Brexit. You're not listening when it comes to this airport. The people of Wales don't want a national airport regardless of cost. They want an airport that offers them a stress-free getaway. They don't want you wasting their hard-earned cash with no end in sight. Now once, now, once again, First Minister, commuters face a miserable start to the New Year, with trains being delayed, cancelled or, or even unu- unusually leaving early. This time, Transport for Wales blames staff shortages and training for the delays. But, First Minister, it's the same problems, just a different excuse every time. Like Betsy cadwallader University Health Board, when are you going to get to grips with Transport for Wales,
2: which is failing the people of Wales? Yeah, yeah doesn't have a good word to say for Wales at all. You name it, he wants to run it down. Government. He talks your about what done. the what people of Wales want from want their airport. We're we're the we airport. tell you what he wants. He doesn't want an airport at all. No, we don't. What
4: yeah. we want is... Wynad Plaid Cymru, Adam
2: Price.
7: As we embark on a new year, I'd like to begin, apart from wishing you a blue-thin with that, uh, with uh, your end-of-year video, no, not the, the infamous James Bond one but the, the one in which you set out your biggest achievements in uh, your first year of First Minister. You highlighted as one, of those, uh, as one of those achievements building almost 480 houses a month in 2019. Are you able to tell us what proportion roughly uh, of those homes would qualify as affordable? And can you say whether that figure of almost 480 a month is higher or lower than
2: the corresponding figure for the preceding three years? Um, well, either of course heavy, and it's uh, flattering to know that he views my videos in all their different uh, dimensions. Uh, what I will tell him is this. Uh, This government has a commitment to build 20,000 affordable homes during this Assembly term. That is twice the number of affordable homes that were built in the last Assembly term, and we are confident that we will reach that figure before we come to the elections in May 2021.
7: Well, uh, as we we normally say in these circumstances, I can assist the First Minister as the uh, Assembly Research Service, quoting your own government statistics, say that the The corresponding figure for 2016 and 2017 of homes built uh, per month were 552 and 574 a month respectively and even, even marginally down on 2018, so it doesn't seem that that's something First Minister to crow about. You're going backwards. One of the other achievements which you reference in that video is that of planting uh, 14,000 trees a day. Now, I've I've hauled you over the (laughs) calls about uh, the government's poor record uh, in this area in the past, and so any progress is is welcome. But that is the combined figure, isn't it, for Wales uh, and Uganda. And while we obviously uh, welcome the innovative work of the the Wales for Africa programme, are you able to say roughly what proportion of these 5 million or so trees were planted within Wales and did you meet your target last year for 2,000 hectares of new woodland per year?
2: Um, Well, I just want to go back to the housing figure for a moment because I do not accept for a moment that doubling the number of affordable homes built in Wales in an assembly term is somehow a deterioration of the performance of the last assembly term. It's not, and that's a target that we will... Uh, reach. We need to do more in planting uh, trees. Uh, The trees we plant in Uganda are very important. Very important as our contribution to global warming. Very (laughs) important in the contribution we make to the efforts that local people in that part of Uganda uh, are making. But we need to do more. We need to do more here in Wales. That's why we're committed to the National Forest. That's why the National Forest has significant (laughs) investment attached to it in the draft uh, budget. It's an important contribution that we can make here in Wales to decarbonisation, to biodiversity, and we will do better and more in the future. In in relation to to houses, I was was
7: merely asking you, what's the position over the last year, the first year of your tenure, compared to... Uh, the previous three years under your predecessor. And, and what I have to say to you is you've gone backwards on, on, in terms of the last uh, three years. And in terms of uh, trees, uh, then you've been unable to, to confirm, but I suspect that you, once again, you haven't met the target for new woodland I- in Wales. And, you know, nothing happens in a hurry under this government. The National Forest, yes, it's been announced... But it hasn't been realised yet the National Infrastructure Commission won't be publishing its state of the nation paper until 2022, four years after it was created. The new national curriculum will be implemented a year later than planned. New trains originally uh, promised to be in service last spring have yet to appear. As we begin our 21st year of devolution in Wales Wales is tired of being run at a snail's pace. Wasn't Arlene Davis... Speaking for most of us, when he said, referring to you, I clearly wished he was more radical.
2: Well, so if any idea that you can announce a national forest and simply grows in front of you uh, is, uh, is particle, uh, as a suggestion, the national forest is a 20 year uh, programme and will require investment over that long uh, period and will be a major national asset. Uh, to Wales. The National Infrastructure Commission's reporting framework is the one recommended to us by the committee of the Assembly who investigated it. So We are simply simply reacting to the advice that the Assembly itself uh, has given us. This is a government, with a radical programme that will keep this National Assembly fully and actively engaged throughout the rest of this year in a very challenging way. As we move to legislate to bring buses under uh, public control, to put the new national curriculum on the statute book, to give private renters new protections here in Wales, to remove the defence of reasonable chastisement. Right across this Government, we will be taking action, but this National Assembly will be involved in taking. It's a radical programme, it's a very, very committed and busy programme, and I look forward to working on it right through the year to come. First Minister, as well
8: as uh, wishing you a Happy New Year, may I thank you, your government and your party for what you have done to bring about Brexit. (coughs) You put forward a plan for Brexit in name only, but when Theresa May offered it to you, including a customs union, you voted against it. Instead, you chose to gamble that you could engineer a second referendum by persuading the British people to elect Jeremy Corbyn as Prime Minister. With hindsight, do you regret that?
2: Uh, well, so the member will have his own version of history. It is certainly uh, not uh, mine. While there was a moment when it was possible that we could have put the decision about Brexit back into the hands of the people who made it in the first place, I thought it was very important indeed uh, to demonstrate once again what we said as a party in our manifesto in 2016 and said as a government in 2016 in the referendum that Wales's future was better off inside the European Union. And while there was a possibility that that could be put back to people in a referendum, it was very important indeed that we supported that possibility. That possibility is over. Uh, the new UK government will take us out of the European Union at the end of this month and will bear the responsibility for the consequences.
8: I'm not sure whether the, the First Minister has an alternative history there, but I, mean, I think the closest it came in the Commons was the vote when it was defeated, despite the whole Cabinet uh, abstaining on it. So I recall your, your Consul-General here uh, saying that he was broadly content with the withdrawal agreement and might just perhaps like a, a couple of changes in the non-binding political declaration. But nonetheless, Labour voted against that. You were offered the customs union negotiations by Theresa May, You decided to gamble and uh, my party won the ensuing European elections and the Conservatives won the ensuing general election. We are now going to have a Brexit and not the Brexit in name only that you said you wanted. So again, I I thank you for, for what you've done to assist in that course. Despite the referendum result, despite last month's Election result. And you didn't answer this question earlier, I thought you had yesterday, but can I just confirm for the record, it is your intention to carry on voting against Brexit when we consider the legislative consent motion uh, on the withdrawal bill later this month. And as you set your continuity Corbyn course, do you intend to change anything because of how people voted? Have you learnt any lessons from the vote last month?
2: Well, uh, the member will have seen the Legislative Consent Memorandum that was published yesterday. Uh, It analyzes, not Brexit, it analyzes the withdrawal agreement bill. It comes to the conclusion that the bill is not in a state that would allow the government to recommend to the National Assembly that it should give its consent uh, to that bill. Uh, For the reasons set out in it, there will be an opportunity to debate that here on the floor of the National Assembly and we will see where the majority opinion in this chamber rests.
1: Question three, here Davies.
2: What discussions has the First
9: Minister had with the UK Prime Minister regarding the Shared Prosperity Fund?
2: Uh, thank the Member for that. I take every opportunity to raise the Shared Prosperity Fund with the Prime Minister, both orally and in writing, and have done so again since the outcome of the 2019 general election.
9: I thank the First Minister for that, Answer, And he's rightly stood very firmly on the principle of not a penny less, not a power lost in respect of the shared prosperity fund. Yet over the last year, there has been little if any real engagement by the UK government with the Welsh government and little detail beyond that headline. Meanwhile, quietly but assiduously in the background... The Regional Investment Wales Steering Group, which I've got the privilege of chairing, has been scoping future funding proposals for Wales, which would respect the distinct policy framework within Wales, respect the principles of devolution and subsidiarity to and beyond Cardiff Bay and this Senedd, and also respects the need to be responsive to local and regional priorities. But it also notes the need to work on a cross-border way in funding and initiatives across the UK, and indeed across Europe in the future. So the First Minister will not be surprised to hear that the steering group would welcome a much more open, transparent engagement from the newly elected UK Government and the new sector, State for Wales, on the Shared Prosperity Fund. Uh, the rec- sorry, would he and the Brexit Minister now seek constructive and urgent engagement with the UK Government on these matters? but on the very clear terms as well of not a penny less, as was guaranteed to us, and not a power lost.
2: Uh, well, thank uh, Hugh Andrew Davies, for that. And uh, can I begin, with by thanking him and members of the steering group for the very engaged piece of work that they have been uh, um, involved in over the whole of last year. I know the group intends to meet again in February and that we will have a formal consultation drawing on its uh, proposals again in March because the CAN that is the Shared Prosperity Fund cannot go on being kicked down the road uh, by this Government in the way that it was continuously kicked down the road by its predecessor. Uh, Now I've had a conversation with the new Secretary of State uh, for Wales, uh, He assured me uh, that he was committed to working in a consensual way with the devolved administration. Uh, that he will be looking for ways of agreeing practical ways forward on key policy uh, issues and I take those assurances uh, at face value and look forward to meeting him to discuss the Shared Prosperity Fund and other matters of mutual interest. But when we come to those uh, discussions, it will have to be, as Hugh Aranka Davies has said, on the basis of the principles that we have already articulated here. People in Wales who voted to leave the European Union were promised that Wales would not be a penny worse off. That must be delivered through the Shared Prosperity Fund. Regional Economic Policy has been devolved to the National Assembly for Wales since 1999. It is not a new addition to the repertoire of responsibilities that this National Assembly holds, and when the Shared Prosperity Fund is brought into the daylight, and we all have a chance to be able to look at it properly and to debate it, then it must deliver that as well. That the responsibility for deploying that money should be as close as possible to the place where the difference can be made. That's what all the literature uh, tells us about regional economic uh, development, is what the OECD that we are working with on this tells us too, and it's why The work of the steering group that Hugh Iranka Davis has chaired has been supported by the FSB, the WLGA, Universities Wales, HEFCU, the WCVA, as well as think tanks outside Wales like the Joseph Rowntree Foundation and the All-Party Parliamentary Parliamentary Group at Westminster. Uh, Our principles are principles that are widely shared beyond this chamber and we look for them to be honoured in the Shared Prosperity Fund.
6: Russell George. Uh, thank you, uh, President Officer. EU structural funds are of course uh, only available to certain parts of Wales. And given what you've just said in your uh, previous uh, answer in terms of money being and uh, where that money is being spent being decided here uh, in Wales, I wonder, uh, First Minister, if you would agree with me that the Shared Prosperity Fund. Uh, provides a new opportunity to invest in parts of Wales outside of the valleys in the west of Wales indeed are able to spend in such areas of Wales such as mid Wales?
2: Uh, Well if done properly a shared prosperity fund would have the potential to offer new flexibilities in the way that regional economic funding could be spent in Wales and maybe that is geographical Although those parts of Wales that benefit from those funds now would certainly have something to say if they thought that the future was one in which the help that they have had to date was to be uh, diluted. But there are other ways in which flexibilities could be applied uh, were the Shared Prosperity Fund to be properly designed so that money from Europe has been available for certain purposes. And there may be that there are other purposes that would have a bigger regional economic development uh, impact that we could use funding for in a different sort of fund. It's been difficult under European funding sometimes to combine funds that are in the hands of the Welsh Government for other purposes with European Union funding and a shared prosperity fund properly designed could be more flexible about the way in which different funding streams could be brought together to have the impact uh, that we need. So I don't disagree with the basic premise of Russell George's question, but then properly there are new flexibilities that we may be able uh, to find. They would have to be carefully thought through and agreed uh, with partners, delivery partners here in Wales, to make sure that they didn't have unintended negative uh consequences mm. as well as potentially new positive impacts. Reina Roeddwn i'n symud i ag at fywyd y tu allan i'r Undeb Ewropeaidd uh, rŵan. Rydyn ni'n gorau edrych ar Warchod Bydianna, Cymru yn y cyd-destun newydd uh, hwnnw. Rydyn ni'n ei gyd dim ond faint o arian ddaw yn lle yr er Undeb Ewropeaidd uh, sy'n bwysig, ond sut mae'r arian cael ei, ei wario? i'n sôn am, yna am yr hyblygrwydd newydd allan ddod mewn rhai meisydd. Pa sicrwydd ydych chi wedi hyd yma? A pha fy gythiadau ydych chi wedi sylwi ar nhw hyd yma ar yr, e, ar yr egwyddor hwnnw? Y dyla blein o reithau cael ei gosod a phenderfyniad, phenderfyniadau gwariant cael ei gwneud yng Nghymru dan y Gronfa Newydd? Wel, dyn ni ddim wedi cael sicrwydd o gwbl am unrhyw agwedd o'r y Gronfa Newydd. A, a does dim mynylion am y manifesto, a party caid wadol, a dyn ddim wedi clywed dim byd eto gyda'r Llywodraeth uh, newydd. Dyna'r pam wedais i, mae'n hollol pwysig i'r Llywodraeth uh, newydd, i cyhoeddu uh, y mynylion ac i siarad dan i am y mynylion. Bydd y rhaid i ni yma yng Nghymru, nid jyst yn y Llywodraeth, ond gyda pob un sy'n wedi bod ran mor pwysig yn an- ffordd ni wedi wario'r ar arian sy'n wedi bod dani dan i'r un debyd ..i bod yn glir am beth yw'r awgrymiadau gyda'r llwodraeth. A newydd, i roi sicrwydd i ni am yr egwyddorion ni wedi sôn amdano a heddi. A cydweithio da ni i cynllunio'r cynllun effeithiol am y dyfodol.
10: Gwestiwn pedwar, Daleth Jewel. What assessment has the Welsh Government made of the implications for Wales arising from the European Union Withdrawal Agreement Bill?
2: Ah, Thank you for that. The Welsh Government's position on the European Union Withdrawal Agreement Bill was set out in the Legislative Consent Memorandum published yesterday. It does not recommend that the Senate gives its consent to this bill.
10: Thank the First Minister for that answer. We had an interesting discussion in the External Affairs Committee yesterday about the LCM for this bill, where you explained your thinking on that very clearly. Now, I've since read the LCM, and I broadly agree with your analysis. Plaid Cymru accepts that Brexit is going to happen, but that doesn't mean that... Boris Johnson should be given carte blanche to impose damaging um, uh, impositions on Wales, dilute workers' rights or remove parliamentary scrutiny. I'm particularly concerned about the lack of restriction on the power which the Northern Ireland Protocol gives to the Secretary of State since it would allow them, in theory, to amend the Government of Wales Act without this Senate's consent. So, First Minister... Can you give me your assurance that your government will make categorically clear to the UK government that in this Thursday's meeting of the JMCEN that this is wholly unacceptable and demand that the bill be amended so that this power, this specific power, can never be used?
2: Well, I thank uh, Dirtyul for that. I was asked in the committee yesterday, uh, Sawid, whether I had any sense of hierarchy amongst the objections to the bill that are set out in. Uh, in the memorandum. I was reluctant to uh, put them in that sort of order. But it is quite certainly unacceptable, and ought to be unacceptable to every member of this Assembly, that the Withdrawal Agreement Bill provides a power to the Secretary of State to amend by secondary legislation the primary legislation that has established this National Assembly for Wales and could do that without our consent at all. Now, that is a completely unacceptable power. It ought not to be in this bill. It's not there because of the National Assembly for Wales. It's there, as Derek Jewell explained, because of the protocol, the Ireland-Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland uh, protocol. It would be at no cost to the UK government to make it clear that it does not intend to use that power in relation to the National Assembly for Wales, and that is what it should do. Now, my colleague, the Brexit uh, minister... The Council-General has written on more than one occasion on exactly this matter to uh, Mr Barclay, the Secretary of State at uh, Dexu. Uh, It will be a subject for conversation uh, at the uh, JMC-EN on Thursday. Uh, Any government uh, that has uh, won an election has a mandate, and that's why we accept that we are leaving the European Union. But a mandate is not a blank cheque or a carte blanche. Uh, And it is not right that a government should believe that it is beyond scrutiny or beyond challenge. And certainly we will be uh, making sure that that challenge is firmly put to the UK government at every opportunity.
1: uh,
2: Do you
0: accept that we now have a UK Conservative government with a majority, a decent majority and a clear mandate to get Brexit done? And on that basis, instead of carping and trying to have the old arguments that frankly were taking place before the general election, isn't it about time that you and your government moved on, joined Team UK and batted on the same side as the UK government to get the best Brexit deal Possible as we leave the European Union. I'm glad that we're leaving the European Union on the 31st uh, of January. That's what the people of Wales voted for and it's about time we implemented it and we had a Welsh Government that got behind that vision too.
2: Well, Sawith uh, of course I understand that uh, the member is in favour of leaving uh, the European Union and he now has a Government that will uh, deliver for him what he has wished for. That doesn't mean surely, that surely does not mean that he believes that his government in Westminster is beyond questioning, that it is is somehow wrong that we should say to them that giving the Secretary of State the power to amend the devolution settlement by secondary legislation is something that is not acceptable to the National Assembly for Wales. On this side. We certainly say that the protection for workers' rights which was in his Conservative Government's last withdrawal bill, and no doubt he supported that bill uh, at its time, the fact that those workers' rights protections have disappeared from this bill is not acceptable to us. It was acceptable to him when it was in the bill. It's acceptable to him when it's not in the bill. Anything that his government does will be acceptable to him, but it won't be acceptable to us. The fact that we reached an agreement with his previous Government on the Independent Monitoring Authority to make sure that there would be somebody on the Monitoring Authority who would understand and represent Welsh interests. We were glad to reach that agreement. But the new Bill allows a Secretary of State to hive off the responsibilities of the Independent Monitoring Authority to another public body without any safeguard for Welsh interests at all. That is not acceptable uh, to us. That's why we will be scrutinising this legislation, trying to get it improved so that it works better for Wales. And there's absolutely nothing wrong in us carrying out our democratic duty in that way.
1: Jones. Dear First Minister, as you just said, we discussed this matter at length um, in the committee yesterday. When you asserted that by recommending to the Assembly that its legislative consent is not given, you are not expecting a constitutional crisis. If the Assembly does refuse its consent as as you want, um, what do you think the consequences will be?
2: What I said in the committee, uh, Chloe, is that this is not a government that is looking for a constitutional uh, crisis. Uh, We are not objecting to the European Withdrawal Agreement Bill in order to pick a quarrel with the new UK uh, Government. We are simply exercising the democratic rights that this National Assembly has to consider the bill and to vote on it. And if a majority of members of this National Assembly choose not to provide uh, consent, that will be a very important statement of the democratic decision that this body will have come to. There will be consequences of that, of course. The UK government will have to decide whether, for the first time in 20 years, it overrides the democratically expressed view of the National Assembly uh, for Wales. That is a really important decision, and it can't be expected to be consequence-free.
4: David Rees.
2: First Minister. We all know that the withdrawal agreement, which the
9: bill is intended to implement, actually was negotiated in October by the Prime Minister with the EU. Uh, nothing's changed since that negotiation. We had a bill put forward by the Prime Minister in October, which failed because he did no longer decide to proceed with that particular bill. He came back with a bill following his victory in the, in the December election, with major changes to that bill. Do you agree with me and have concerns that those changes have actually weakened the rights of people in this country as a consequence, and also weakens the scrutiny of the, the future negotiations of the, with the EU that the UK government intends to have?
2: Well, David Reesme is a really important uh, point. The changes are to a bill that the Prime Minister himself put in front of the House of Commons only in October. The bill he was then prepared to support the changes in the most recent version of the bill make things worse from the point of view of Wales and not better. Why has the Prime Minister reneged on the commitment that he made in October on unaccompanied child refugees? Why has that been taken out of uh, this bill? Why has the parliamentary oversight that he was prepared to agree in October why has that been taken out of this bill now? Why when there was an agreement uh, with his predecessor that a transition period could be extended if the United Kingdom believed it was in the United Kingdom's interests for it to be extended? Nobody was imposing an extension. It was if a UK government believed it was the right thing to do. Why is he denying his own government the ability to do that on so many points set out in our legislative Consent Memorandum. This bill is a worse bill that the same Prime Minister produced in
5: October. SŁn
2: pimp, SŁn Mae Llywodraeth Cymru yn gweithredu i anog mwy o siaradwyf Gymraeg i weithio yn y sector pwysig hwnnw.
5: Mae'r ffaith y gall bwrdd iechyd sy'n gweithredu o dan safonau'r iaith Gymraeg, hyd yn oed ystyried symud claf dimensia Cymraegau iaith i loeger, lle yna gofal yn y Gymraeg. Mae hynny yn brawf diamheol fod safonau'r Gymraeg yn maes iechyd yn gwbl-gwbl ddiffygiol. Y yma dwyddodd dros y Nadolig yn adolyg, achos claw dementia oed rannus o Ynys Mae Plaid Cymru ac eraill wedi datlu o'r cychwyn cyntaf fod y safonau iechyd yn llawer rhy wan. Ond dydy'r achos yma yn ym golygu fod rhaid cyflwyno safonau newydd cadarn a hynny ar frys. Ac on ni dydy'r achos yma hefyd yn profi diffyg dealldwriaeth am bwysigrwydd gofal yn y Gymraeg. Mae'r achos yn dangos fod y Gymraeg yn cael ei gweld fel rhywbeth ymylol neu ddymunol i'r gofal, yn hytrach rhag yn rhan anhanfodol ohono fo, os a bwynt diogelwch ac ansawdd bywyd yr unigolion. Be dach chi yn fwriadu ei wneud er mwyn gwreiddio'r egwyddor pwysig yma yn ein cyfundrem gofal a iechyd yng Nghymru?
2: Llywydd, well, mae un peth uh, i ddweud mae'r uh, mae achos yna i wneud fwy an y maes eu reoledio sut mae'r iaith Gymraeg yn cael ei defnyddio yn y maes iechyd. Y mae, mae'n lan i bob un o honni, i, I catuno neu ancatuno gyda hwnna. Be dwi ddim yn catuno gyda'r aelod yw i treul i tynnu'r achos gyfredinol i'r in achos o'r yclaf yn wnes môn, fel dwi'n deall, uh, my indal iveu amma anghamri de vim wedi summit, akar is sammai or the sammai clinical. Dana pam or the pendevanjubika nade now, my resvafa wedi weatha, uh my uh a clav, I heen wedi uh wella, possib, e roy trive uh yma, yma, uh anghamri. So the patient as I understand it, and uh, you know, i I'm, I'm relying on the most recent information I have is that the patient himself remains being looked after in Wales, Uh, that the reason that it was considered that he might need to be cared for outside Wales were for clinical and safety uh, reasons, Uh, that the individual's condition has improved to the point where it remains possible, as is of course preferable, that he should remain looked after here uh, in Wales. The individual case does not give rise to the general conclusions that the member tried uh, to draw from it. The general case she makes is different, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a proper debate to be had there about whether the current uh, state of the regulations we have are sufficient to guarantee. And let me say I just agree entirely with the final things that Sian uh said, uh, that receiving a service through the language of your choice is not an optional extra in Wales. It is a fundal, fundamental part of you receiving the care uh, that you uh, need. Um, sometimes there will be clinical reasons why care outside Wales is required uh, for somebody. <laughs> and then an individual decision has to be made. But the general point that Sian Lian made is one that I believe in and the government believes in that the ability to receive a service through the medium of English or in Welsh of your choice is a choice for the patient to make,
11: and it should be
1: honoured.
11: Will the First Minister make a statement on nurse staffing levels in Wales, please?
2: Uh, so with the number of nurses and midwives on the professional register in Wales grew by 500 between April and September last year, the strongest rate of growth of any of the four UK nations.
11: Thank you for the reply, Minister. But the recent report from the Royal College of Nursing in Wales produced a report that implementation of nurse staffing level Wales Act, that the report states that the nursing workforce in Wales is facing a national crisis with a high number of vacancies and the prospects of significant losses of nurses to retirement over the next five to ten years in Wales. The RCN also called on the Welsh Government to focus on improving nurse retention through ensuring safe nurse staffing levels, access to professional development, and implementation of measures to support well-being, good rates of pay, and (laughs) flexible flexible working hours and opportunities. First Minister, what action is your government taking to develop a retention strategy to alleviate the crisis in nursing staffing levels in Wales, please?
2: Well, it is because we understand the age profile of the nursing uh, profession in Wales that we have increased the number of training places in Wales by 89% since 2014. Uh, And when it comes to retention, uh, Llawith, then we have retained nurse bursaries here uh, in Wales while his party abandoned them across our border and is having to reintroduce them again to make good uh, their mistake. Uh, Now, the Royal College uh, of Nursing, of course, has welcomed the announcement made just before Christmas by my colleague, the Health Minister, that we will, in this Assembly term, extend the scope of the Nurse Staffing Levels Act here in Wales from the acute medical and surgical adult wards, which is where it began, to inpatient paediatric wards before the end of this Assembly term, And the Minister has extended as well funding for the work that is going on for further extension of that Act to adult mental health inpatient wards, to health visiting and to district nursing. Uh, That's why having 500 more nurses and midwives in the Welsh NHS in a six-month period between April and September last year is so important. That's part of the reason why we are able to move ahead with extending the scope of that very important act.
1: Question scythe Mick uh,
2: First Minister, what discussions have you had with the UK Prime Minister in respect of ensuring fair funding for Wales? Uh, so the repeated assurances have been sought from both the Prime Minister and the Treasury that his government will d- distribute spending power across the United Kingdom in a way which allows an equivalent level and quality of public goods and services to be provided in each of the four nations?
12: Well, thank you for the answer, First Minister. If the spending uh, of this Assembly had been increased by the Conservative government in line with growth of the economy since 2010, we would be £4 billion better off than we are now. Effectively, the Tory austerity programme has robbed this country and the people of Wales of four billion pounds. First Minister, if, if you had first Minister, first Minister, first Minister if, you had, if we had been given that four billion pounds that we should have been given, what difference might it have made to the lives uh, of the people of Wales and the quality of our public services?
2: Well, Howard, of course. Had the spending available to the National Assembly still maintained the share that we had back in 2010, we would have an enormous additional scope to invest in the public services that make a difference every day in the lives of people here uh, in Wales. Had that Conservative government been able to match the level of investment in public services managed by Mrs. Thatcher and by John Major, we would have been over £6 billion better off by this point uh, in the Assembly's uh, history. That's the level that previous Conservative governments believed, were well, it I can understand why Conservative members are shocked to learn that during the period that they've been involved uh, in the stewardship of public services, we have fallen so far behind what was achieved uh, by their own uh, predecessors. And that investment would have made a difference, wouldn't it, in every aspect of the responsibilities that this Assembly Discharges. It would have allowed us to have done even more to provide affordable uh, housing for people uh, in Wales. It would have made sure that the investment that we could make in education, in health, in social services, in our economy. Think what we could have done here in Wales if we hadn't been robbed of that £4 million by the flawed and failed policies of austerity that the party opposite is now turning its back on, and no doubt we will hear cheers from them uh, as they stand on their heads to celebrate the latest uh, turn of their policy uh, wheel.
1: Question, Angela Burns. Will the First Minister outline the Welsh Government's priority for the health service over the next 12 months? I
2: uh, thank the member for that. Mm. Amongst our priorities will be the deployment of our record investment in the Welsh NHS. An extra £342 million set out in the draft budget published on the 16th of December to strengthen primary care, to build further on the highest number ever of doctors and nurses we have in Wales and to respond to the challenges of an older population.
1: First Minister, yesterday you confidently claimed at a press conference that plans for hospitals and health boards to cope with pressures for the winter period were holding up. You even highlighted that your government had provided 30 very welcome million pounds earlier than ever in the year to help health boards prepare for winter however i think within about half an hour of your press conference my local health board halvar announced they had experienced a level of escalation not seen before we've been there before haven't we team and that they would be cancelling all inpatient operations across all of their hospitals in the interests of patient safety. This is shocking. This is the end of elective surgery in Halvar at the moment. First Minister, it's blatantly clear that the spin you provided to the press was not based in fact or that you yourself are not fully abreast of the current situation in our hospitals here in Wales. First Minister, when will your government accept that there is a need for strong leadership of the Welsh NHS because these winter pressures happen, guess what, every winter. And we've been through this before. Yet again, the people in my constituency are having to wait endlessly for knee operations, hip operations, or manner of elective surgeries. There never seems to be an end to it.
2: Uh, well, sorry, the, the, the member is uh, sadly badly informed uh, about plans in Howell are, because alongside all other health boards uh, in Wales, there were very few Uh, operations scheduled for this week, because this week is always the busiest week for unplanned admissions to our hospitals. Every year, as she says, it's entirely predictable, and because of that, it was planned for by that local health board. Uh, Now, it has been a very busy and very challenging two weeks in the health service here uh, in Wales. But the system has proved resilient to it because of the plans that local health boards supported by the Welsh Government and that additional uh, investment have put uh, in place. Uh, my understanding is that today some planned surgery will have recommenced uh, in however, uh, uh, and I want to put on record my gratitude uh, to the staff of that health board and to staff right across Wales for the enormous efforts that they have made while this assembly has been in recess, working right across Christmas uh, and the New Year to deal with the unprecedented demands and to their colleagues there in social care uh, in the Howellvar area, who yesterday and across the weekend uh, worked flat out to make sure that wherever they were able to uh, provide help to move patients into the community that they went well beyond Uh, what would normally be expected to help uh, to do that. That's why the system has proved resilience, because of the enormous commitment of the people who work uh, in it, and I think it's very good to have had the chance to put our appreciation of that on the record here this
1: afternoon.